This program might contain strong language. If you think you may be offended, switch off now. Hello, this is Eric from Cataldo, and you're listening to The Mixtape. But I do have a, uh, a serious question for you. Sure. Are you trying to quit drugs or alcohol? This is a safe place, Eric. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, also, thank you for playing along with my whimsy today. I'm on some new happy pills, and I think they're working. You're, it's very whimsical. Yeah, you're right. Uh, oh, I don't. I'm not trying to quit drugs or alcohol. You're trying to do them more. I think I'm just trying to just maintain, just maintain my nice middle middle ground okay. uh, threshold. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, partaking in that intervention. See, you didn't know about the intervention because right. that's what an intervention is generally, is you uh-huh, don't know what's right. going to happen. Well, I mean, it's good just to err on the side of intervening. Right. Uh, just in case. Mixtape Sean, mixtape Sean. More gold hits than a fucking gong. Listeners beware, mixers beware. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Let me tell you about a show you can hear on the web. Or take off the tinfoil hat, he'll send it straight to your head. On a giant Memorex, he patrols the sky. Never riding on a record, wax melts that high. Here comes Sean's latest show. Ladies dig the tunes in his sweet VO. Walks between the rain. Through an apple to Spain. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Mixtape Sean, mixtape Sean. Doesn't have to mow, just fucking stares at his lawn. Spread, spread the stereo. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Don't hate or you'll look like a tard. Even zombie Shakespeare recognizes Sean as the bard. Got a mic for a dick and a dick for a brain. He'll He'll make make you insane. He'll make you insane. Oh, he loves children but can't get close to children. He loves children but can't get close to children. He loves children, but can't get close to children. No, seriously, he's legally prohibited from getting close to children. He metabolizes fear and can tie every knot. Sean's so dope, Dottori's now Italian for pop. Impregnates women through their headphones, but they can't be mad. Because he's the best oral sex that they've ever had. Mixtape Sean, mixtape Sean. More big hits than a six-foot bomb. Husbands beware. Fathers beware, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Did we give the web address? MyNorthwest.com slash mixtape. I heard that every time you go there, your computer spits out gold doubloons. Welcome to the mixtape. My name is Sean. Thanks for 
tuning in, for downloading, for uploading, for transferring, for cutting and pasting, for copying. Control-C, Control-V, two best controls on the keyboard that exist today. I don't know when those were invented, but thank you, Control-C and Control-V. This is Cataldo, a song called Photograph from Eric Anderson's brand new record called Keepers. It's really, really great. Um, I suggest you check it out, and I happen to have Mr. Eric Anderson, uh, Mr. Cataldo, as I like to call him, <laughs> here in studio with me. Hello, Cataldo. Hello. Uh, we chatted uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, with Kevin Sir all about Timber and a little bit about you and Keepers. Uh-huh. And um, you were so kind as to want to come back and join me in studio. I hadn't disgusted you uh, so much <laughs> that you were put off in any way. Oh, I, I think I might have just grabbed you by the elbow and been like, listen, man. I know, I know we talked about half about me and half about someone else. That just isn't going to work for me. Right. We yeah. want to talk about the whole you. That's right. And so I think I'm getting kind of 1.5 Sean Talks, yeah. which, I mean, I'm thrilled about. Again, Mr. Eric Anderson. He's called a psychopathic sexual predator. I'm not sure if that's true, but you kind of, you look the type. Um, when I shaved my beard and got, uh, uh, I used to have a big beard and people would look at my driver's license and say that you look like a serial killer, like a bad, a bad man. Really? And then, uh, and then I, uh, I got a new driver's license and I shaved my beard and I have these kind of Buddy Holly glasses and short hair. And uh, now you look like a psychopathic sexual predator. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about the distinction, but the point being a stranger on Instagram was just like who knew nothing about, you know, people saying that I looked so weird uh, was just like, you just look like two different serial killers, which was super cold. Oh, my God. If you're out there listening, whoever that guy was. Yeah, we're going to murder you. <laughs> no, you just you, you cut me to the quick. I want to. Are there pictures on your Facebook page or somewhere on the internet of you with a with a crazy uh, homeless psychopathic uh, serial killer beard? Because I can't imagine you with a beard. You look so so nice, clean shaven. Yeah, I had one for quite a long time, and then I decided that um, I would have my chance to look like an old man when I'm actually an old man. Right. I should enjoy this chin while I have it. You know, I can grow a pretty darn good beard, and uh, now that I'm getting older, I'm 39. Uh-huh, you might uh-huh. not know that because I look so boyish. Yes, that's true. And I true. have a charm about me that reminds you of little children, which is weird. <laughs> um, not so much for the psychopath. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going to go down that right. road. No, I. but I'm getting gray now, and so I don't uh-huh. mind it. I think it adds to my silver fox sort of-esque about right. me. I have a little bit of a silver fox about me when I have that beard. Right, sure. But- uh it's just such a pain to maintain. Did you find that when you, Cataldo, mm. when you had your beard, did you try to groom it or did you let it go like a homeless person? I kind of let it go. I would trim my upper lip so that I could drink coffee and <laughs> eat soup. Uh-huh. And, and so it doesn't tickle your lip a right, bit right at the top there. Right. And then I, there was some sort of neck maintenance. But uh, yeah. other than that, it was just, just free to roam all over my face. So this is Beard Talk on the mixtape. So far, I think this is the best intro to a mixtape I've ever done. This is not going to be on the radio, so this is very podcast-esque. We're doing a long form today, not that Mm -hmm. the listener really needs to know that. So, uh, Eric, how long have you been playing as as Cataldo? We, meaning I, put out the first Cataldo record in 2005, May 20th, 2005. And 
So yeah, how, that's 12 years, okay. uh, right around there. I've lived in Seattle since 2008, and I would say the first record people kind of paid attention to is right right around sort of 2011. Yeah. Oh, okay. For is that would that be Gilded Oldies or the, the one right before that, Prison Boxing? That's when I started playing more as a band and less. I used to kind of you know borrow my parents' Toyota Camry and cruise around America playing in living rooms and coffee shops and punk houses and that oh, kind wow. of thing. And um, yeah, I would say when I started playing with a band with like drums or we'd play in rock clubs and stuff was was right around when I moved here. So yeah, 2011, 2010. Yeah. Okay, so um, you were making music in 2008 in Idaho mm-hmm. yeah, it, I was... as Cataldo and then you decided to move the tr- move over here to Seattle? Yeah, in 2005, I think, where, where did I, I think I would have been a freshman in college and so I, w- I would have been living in Minneapolis at that point. But, okay, yeah. and so now uh, here you are in Seattle and um, you've got your new record keep which is fantastic. We um, we we played a little bit of your song "Photograph" coming into the um, to this episode, and I really like. I was telling you this off mic. Um, if you go to Bandcamp, well, CataldoMusic.com is where you can you can purchase and listen and everything. But if you happen to go to Bandcamp or buy the vinyl, there will be lyrics. Uh, there's going to be lyrics in that vinyl. Oh right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There are lyrics on the Bandcamp, and we we're talking. I really enjoy uh, reading along to the music, whether it's today or the other day when I was listening to your record or anything else, you really have a, a cool way of writing. It's very nostalgic and it's very, um, I feel like I learned a lot about you oh. because you have an interesting way with words and I'm going to read some of your lyrics from your song, Little Heartbeat. I'm going to play some of that song too. This is part of the lyrics I really like. I can still hear your whisper. I want the best of your love. But please, God, be dumb for once and don't ask if she means the eagles or the emotions. Set the pace, raise the stakes. Listen, babe, you've got the best of my love. I just like the little um, specifics. You have another song uh-huh. where you mention, you know, not wanting the uh, relationship to get stale and like some salsa classes or something you don't want to take. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So let me play some of this song called Little Heartbeat, and then we can talk a little bit more about uh, what that's based on and, and your writing a bit. I've got what you need if you want to feel your little heartbeat. Mm-hmm. This is so good, Eric, and I'm sorry if I'm gushing, but <laughs> it's all true. It really is. That's so sweet. Thank you. Um, so wh- how did you learn to write? Where did you get your writing style and adding those little specifics? That must be an important thing because, I mean, obviously it works and it sounds good. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, well, I guess when I'm writing a song, I'm usually sort of playing like a... A version of what will be the track kind of in my head. I, I can kind of 
imagine a chord progression or like a sort of vague, hazy band arrangement. And then then I have a little melody that I'm just kind of turning over and I kind of think of it like putting it in the rock tumbler a little bit and just mm-hmm. like, uh, and I'm mostly singing sort of nonsense words. Like I think a lot of songwriters do this where they'll be like, and then they'll like eventually start landing like on some syllables that feel right. So you'll kind of do that when you have the melody, just make weird words up to fit that melody. Yeah, totally. Well, and and just, and then you start saying actual words and then an idea emerges or whatever. Like it's actually something I just emailed (laughs) my old English professor about this because I was just like, dude, I've been talking about this so much on press on this record. You probably don't remember me at all, but he taught me about this thing called uh, scansion. Scansion, okay. Yeah, so which is like, uh, you know how Shakespeare uh, writes an iambic pentameter? Yeah. And what that means is there's five iams in a row. Like language can be all divided into uh, soft beats and hard beats. And that's like the rhythm of any any sentence, you know? Mm-hmm. And an iam is a soft and a hard, so buka. And so uh, iambic pentameter is, let me count it out, buka, 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 buka. Okay. And so the, the reason why something sounds like kind of cool or stupid to say over a certain melody yeah. I think has a lot to do with uh, with the the meter of the words you're saying over it. And so it, sometimes like what comes across really well or like feels like it really hits hard mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the product just of the idea that it's talking about, but the meter of the words you're using, uh, that along with the track and the melody and the rhythm of everything. Okay, wow. So did you get most of your um, knowledge of writing from your English class, or did you along the way mm-hmm. um, have to take like songwriting class? I was talking, I think, to uh, Heather Thomas. She's a local artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may or may not know her. She came in recently, and I believe uh, because she wanted to learn sort of how to write songs because she's a drummer at heart, she took some, I think she said online writing courses. I could be mm-hmm. wrong about that, but... Have you did, have you ever done anything like that? I've never taken a class about songwriting. Uh, that was something I did just very intuitively as a teenager, where I grew up taking piano lessons, and then my uh, brother was learning how to play guitar, and so there was a guitar around. I kind of taught myself that, and it was very very quickly there afterwards when I was like, oh, you can like put these chords in like a different order, yeah, and then just do sing whatever you want over it, and I guess that's what writing a song is. And back to your question about like, oh, how much did like my education play into it? Yeah. Like, I would say it gave me a bunch of tools to understand what I was already doing and uh, sort of like expand on those skills. Uh, but fundamentally, like when I arrived at school, we like we, I had already been working on a record and that whole thing. Okay, so. yeah, but. Knowing why something's working and not just wandering around in the dark uh, was is super empowering. Yeah. And so that education was yeah super super helpful. Oh, I bet it helps knowing what works and what doesn't. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how you get uh, a bunch of great songs on an album. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. Well, I think anybody knows that what works and what doesn't, but why is the hard part? Just right. like okay, why does this sound stupid and this <laughs> sounds good? Like what you're using is the it? word booger every other word in <laughs> yeah. one of your dumb songs. Right. But see, what I'm saying is that if like the word booger 
aligned with like the meter of what was going on right. and then like and fit with whatever you're talking about just right. like that could be someone's like favorite part of the song totally yeah and no. so it's a funny one yeah i don't know yeah well in this song little heartbeat um i can only imagine that it's based on something from your real life but maybe you're just a good storyteller of making things up yeah this um, this one's actually kind of a storyteller jam okay because i was going through it and i had built a track that was based vaguely on Katy perry's song birthday which is a a really it's a a cut yeah okay Uh, and i was trying to figure out why the drums work the way they do and it's like okay there's no hi-hats there's these congas and i was just figuring it out and started building the track based off this drum beat and i was like this is just sort of a nostalgic teenage sort of vibe yeah and uh so i just kind of went down that road and yeah, that line that you referenced immediately, I was like, okay, best of my love. Like, what song is that? And then I looked, I was like, I know it's the Eagles, but I feel like it's something else yeah. too. And there's uh, that song by The Emotions. Yeah. That I, uh, it's like the song that opens Boogie Nights. Totally. Yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Such a great song. Oh, they're great. And so, and I was like, so that like went down a little pathway of like something that is somewhat autobiographical of uh, someone who's kind of in their head and like would be the type of person who's going to like interrupt a uh, potential makeout session right. to be like uh, do you uh, mean excuse me while I push up my glasses <laughs> yeah exactly no that's really funny because uh, I love that it's like please God be dumb for once which is like hey shut up yeah. and just say hey man you've got the best of my life yeah totally you wrote all of the lyrics I can imagine did you write and did you write all the musical parts did you as Cataldo as Eric Anderson write everything and then you hire in your session musicians um I wouldn't say that no like I usually make a demo so I have kind of an idea of where I'm going and then um have something that I know will like if no one contributes something better than this that it'll somehow work itself out um and then usually I get a band together and record kind of most of the parts the fundamental parts all at once Uh, Mm -hmm. I've learn the hard way that that's the quickest method for me is to hear most of the parts happening at the same time yeah. and make adjustments from there as opposed to the first couple of records I did were all overdub, overdub, overdub. And that game can be really quickly uh, like one step forward, two steps back because you're like, cool, I added this great banjo part, but now I need to re-record the bass. But if I re-record the bass, then the drums aren't locked in. So it just becomes kind of a rabbit hole. Yeah. And uh it's just a funny thing I'm learning about almost every part of record making is that like, okay, if you have a really good plan, you can drop a bunch of money all at once and that will actually be cheaper in the long run right. than chasing your tail trying to figure something out. And so on this record, that is pretty much what I did is we would get a bunch of musicians in a big studio where you could get isolation on all the instruments mm-hmm. and then um, just hack away at it and walk away with the song. Yeah, man. Yeah. So there's a Stranger article, which, by the way, you uh, compare yourself to Beyonce in the best way possible. Um, so later on in this episode, we're uh-huh. going to play Name That Tune, Beyonce. I love it. I don't I don't remember if this is in the Stranger article along with the Beyonce comparison. Uh-huh. Um because I mean, in reality, you are a strong black woman. I know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, radio listeners, <laughs> my voice may not sound that way. Right. No, I must clarify that the way I am like Beyonce is that we have ultimate control over our careers and get to do whatever we want. Good. I'm glad because I couldn't quite remember the exact comparison. I don't yeah, have that, the article in front of me, but thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we both get to have the same creative experience, not in the sense that I am as talented as Beyonce, <laughs> only that 
we could not make any money off our records and our lives would be unimpeded by that. Exactly. So go check out the Stranger article and read about Cataldo and uh, don't listen to me, but listen to Eric. <laughs> um, but how, how often do you go back and listen to, let's just say Keepers because that's your latest record. How often do you go back and, and listen to it and be like, oh, I wish I would have written this lyric a little differently or mm-hmm. or anything about the song, instrumentation or whatever. Yeah. Like, can I mean, I imagine you could spend hours listening to your album over and over and over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number one, because it's really good, but number two, because you, you're just like, oh my gosh, I could have done this one thing. Yeah, you know, I think after it's done, I do go through a, a, a time where I am listening pretty obs- obsessively. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's the, a time when it's not helpful. Uh, I've finished the, the, the record. Right. I'm not going to go back and change something unless something totally heinous or egregious is happening. And I tend to do that quite a bit, usually right up until the record's out. Because a lot of what I'm thinking about is what are people going to think of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, not in, I think, a tremendously unhealthy way. So there's that. And then the that's sort of the anxious side. And the jubilant kind of fun side is you spend, I mean, in this case, we spent about three years making this record, kind of, you know, not constantly, but on again, off again. Right. And uh, if you're me, you're just sweating the details the whole time and trying to get this thing exactly the way you want. And um, you go through the last couple of steps of the process, which elevate it tremendously from where you were working on it. I mean, you mix it and master it. Mm-hmm. It's not doesn't sound like a different record. It just sounds like this, like, you know, like someone snapped a picture into focus or something. Right. You know, and so you, of course, make are making this because you like it. And then there's that sort of, it gets snapped into focus, and it, it sounds even better than it has at any other part of this process. And I think most people would be lying if they didn't say they listen to it a little bit, uh, just for the pure sort of like just reveling and like if you think you did a good job and you're excited about it. Yeah, just that, just being excited and happy, and then on the flip side, the sort of like anxious part of like, oh man, like will people like this? Yeah, and, I know because uh, there's really no way to tell until you put it out and just kind of see what people think. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you get little indications from from the, usually the musicians actually uh-huh. who are uh, except more or less excited to work on one song or another or whatever. But, you know, they're working with you because you're friends and you're, you know, paying them a little bit. And so they'd be real buttheads if they were like, this sucks. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm on to the next gig. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like uh, over the years, as people have gotten more excited while working on the records, I've been like, oh, cool, I'm kind of onto something. Yeah. When people, like, I was what saying, have you been hearing? Have you been hearing uh, a lot of good stuff about the album? You know, I, I'm not at the level where people say anything too mean. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, if uh, so, yes. All the feedback that makes its way to me is uh, very positive. That's good. Uh, yeah, which is exciting. Where'd you get the name Cataldo? And you're also going to play a song live in studio here um, pretty soon. But uh, I just where, where'd you get the name Cataldo? What does yeah. that mean? It's a cool name. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, it's the name of the oldest standing building in Idaho where I grew up. Mm. Uh, it's called the Cataldo Mission. Really? So this some Catholic guy came out there and built this crazy cathedral in the woods, basically. And at the time, you know, it's still, it, it, the name remains pretty resonant for me. Like, uh, partly it was just kind of a cool sounding word. And uh, I regret it in some ways because it is hard to remember, pronounce, or spell. 
Oh, yeah, I don't know. So I've gotten I mean, I've gotten some cattle dues over the years. Yeah. And now it, I reflexively spell it after I say it for people. They're like, oh, you're in a band. What's it called? Cataldo, C-A-T-A. Like I just say it yeah, right afterwards because yeah. people are always like, huh, what? What does that mean? Right, exactly. Uh, so, you know, uh, I you could do a lot worse, but I, I, I some days uh, regret uh, naming it such a weird thing. But anyway, uh, it remains resonant for me in part because, you know, the guy uh, in a whole bunch of problematic ways uh-huh. uh, built something you know pretty neat in the woods in the middle of nowhere using all the stuff that was kind of right around him like yeah the uh, chandeliers are really beautiful and ornate and they're made out of like tin cans and all the lumber was like cut and carried there and they built it out of that and I still kind of feel that way a little bit about making records I'm just sort of looking around and being like oh that guy should come in and do something yeah well, like the guy who engineered almost all of this record, this guy Andy Park, I like met him outside a music venue in Spokane when we just started talking and one thing led to another. And so wow. I, I do feel a little bit just like, I don't know, I just kind of put one foot in front of the other. and Yeah, and take in your surroundings and yeah, build up your records. People in my community and buddies and people I run into. And so I I'm, I'm feel very lucky to be surrounded by such super talented people. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I did mention that uh, you were going to play a song live. I think we should do that. What song are you going to be playing here in studio? I'm going to play the song Between You and Me. Between You and Me. What's a little bit of background of this song? Between You and Me is a song about being really jealous and covetous of what other people have and trying to snap out of that. <laughs> like, it's a song about being basically like, wish my band is more popular. I wish we were playing in bigger rooms on tour. I wish I had what that other band has, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, at the end, uh, it's sort of like, well, snap out of it, buddy. Like, uh, like you're happy and you're in love and you're being a brat mm-hmm. and just like get over yourself a little bit. And so you, listeners, please give me a chance through the end of the song before you're like, this guy needs to stop carpet get over himself (laughs) here we go take it away let it go what it means to be free Hair blowing back from your face Holding a beer between your knees And I don't think I don't know how Every contingency Teaching school, maybe the non-profit world Even buying a house in some peripheral city But I'm not ready to leave So enjoy the show Not sure how long it'll be I can't pretend I'm 19 Between you and me I wish it were me 
Upgrading vans and making big plans and playing on TV. Again, good luck and God bless. At least my conscience is clean. Just a bit saddle sore on this high horse, trying to maintain self esteem, doing that Western States lap. Eating crackers and cheese, the room's 200 cap. I'm playing second of three, that's quite a distance to breach between you and me. Start to lose steam and stop being a brat. Let's go drive to the beach. I've got one perfect thing between you and me. Ha ha ha. Between you and me. Ha ha ha. Oh, good. You got my writer that I need 25 children to cheer for me after every song I play. That's right. I did get that writer uh-huh. because you're an important person Thank you, making yes. important music. Of that course. Was, that was really nice. Uh, thanks for playing that live in studio. Of course, you bet. Um, between you and me, Cataldo, do you do the acoustic thing much? Uh, I know you've got a full band now, and mm-hmm. but if you just want to like, you know, go out and maybe play a smaller venue or just go out on your own. Do you ever do acoustic stuff? Or is, yeah. that, is that weird to put something together like that? Um, you know, it's interesting. Some songs work pretty well, um, and others are just so dependent on what the rhythm section's doing that it's pretty tough to do. Like, yeah. um, the song Photograph is just so dependent on having a drummer yeah. that if you just play the chord changes and kind of strummed along to it, uh, I don't think it would sound very good mm-hmm. or or engaging at least. Yeah. And so some things really work, like Little Heartbeat works just fine, but yeah, other things just don't fly. So I totally do do solo acoustic-y stuff, but to me the band is just more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's more fun for me at least, and so I, I tend to, to do that more often. Well, and speaking of... Um you know, acoustic shows and whatnot. You are playing a very non-acoustic show uh, coming up. You're playing Timber in July. Yeah. Uh, is that, that's the weekend of July, what, 13? Yep, 13 through the 15th. Okay. And then you're also playing Bumbershoot this September. Yep. Um, and CataldoMusic.com is where people can go because you're also touring around the uh, the country a little bit, right? Yeah, we're playing in Portland, and then we're doing some kind of mountain state stuff with the band Pickwick. So we're going to play in Phoenix and Salt Lake City and Denver and... Boise and Spokane, cool. all, all over the place. So, uh, regarding that, how do you pick where you're going to go? And if you're not playing in in Washington, like, how do you try to garner attention outside of Seattle? Like, are people buying your tickets to these shows that you've just, you know, some of these states you've just mentioned? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, 
It's interesting. Uh, I on the record before Gilded, I went on tour and I just got my ass handed to me. It really sucked. I went down the West Coast and went back up, kind of one state over, and it the shows were not well attended. And you know, if you go on tour, uh part of the point is to go back if you're going to play like right you know basically the worst show in every city you go to and you haven't earned a better show so that's fine uh-huh. uh and then you play in front of people and people figure out about you and you bring the people you're going to bring and then you go back and you do it again in a slightly bigger place with a few more people who come and watch or whatever uh and on that tour i just got my ass kicked so hard that I like didn't go back, kind of licked my wounds for a while, and then I got I was so scared uh, about it on Gilded. I kind of made a band that was untenable to travel with. We had like a, a horn section, and uh, there were like eight people, and I did that because I wanted to do it, but it was also a great reason not to go on tour. <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, I can't bring eight people around, right? Uh, but we played a bunch. Uh, Regionally, you did kind of weekend warrior stuff down to Portland and Spokane and yeah. Boise and here and there. And um, uh, we played every music festival in Washington State, basically. And um, and then on this one, I was like, okay, I have to go try. I have to go see right. if the music we've been making and the sort of increasing number of eyes are going to mean people buy tickets. And so we went on, we went down a little West Coast tour in May. And I was like so thrilled. I was just like, the, because, I mean, it sounds like I'm bragging, but just like just lots of people came to the show. Oh, that's great. Yeah, which that's awesome. after getting, uh, you know, uh, beat down a little bit on yeah. the record before, it was just like, oh, my God, this is like so rejuvenating and surprising and fun. Cool. And uh, it has motivated me to go back. So we're planning a little run in October that we'll announce at some point. And, that's awesome. Um and then, so uh, what do you think it was? Why are people now starting to pay more attention? Like, why do you think the clubs were a bit fuller? How how do you think? Like, are you sending your music to like radio stations in these areas, or are yeah. people just sort of like word of mouthing it? You know, I think part of it is just by virtue of having made more records. Yeah, and I th- I think you know we continue to make a record that's a little better than than the last one each time. Yeah, we're not not trying to get the word out. You know, like we have a publicist and people who work on radio stuff. And uh, I think all that stuff has a little bit of an impact, but it's more the aggregate of all that little stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was really f- fun at these shows to, you know, play for more than a hundred people and about a quarter of them wanted to hang out and say hi. And all, awesome. all of them had a different thing where they had found out about us. Like, um, some guy was like, there's this snowboard movie you were in like huh. 10 years ago. And wow. another guy was like, uh, yeah, like this record, uh, or someone emailed me like, oh, I found this record when I was in China and blah, blah, just That's like. so cool to hear about how people discovered your music. Yeah, like but I think, you know, there wasn't any one thing that like everybody keyed in on and yeah. it's, it was all about some moment we had. It was just a lot of little, you know, we've been a band for 12 years and so. So it's about goddamn time. Yeah, or it's more just like <laughs> picking up one or two on every record yeah. and before you know it, there's uh, a crowd of people there watching you. Yeah. So. Well, I came aboard, I think I've told you, with Gilded Oldies and so now I'm I'm here, man. Hey, you, thanks, you can't, man. You can't get rid of me. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't dream of trying. That, good. Yeah. Good. Eric, so uh, 
or Mr. Cotaldo, as I like to call you. You're an area manager at Molly Moons. That's right. Uh, a local ice cream shoppy, uh-huh. right? Yep. Is it S-H-O-P-P-E or just as a regular we shop? We don't have a location in Leavenworth yet, so we're just, we're just, <laughs> just a good old-fashioned shop. A, a shop without a P. Okay, it's, it's not as an impressive, but it's still cool. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, but Molly Moons launched the, a new mu- its own new music label called Moon Crew Records, mm-hmm. and uh, you're the area manager. Been working at Molly's for what eight years? Yeah, that's right. Or so. Started mm-hmm. as an ice cream scooper. Sure did. And now, uh, what does an area manager mean exactly? And then let's talk about Moon Crew Records. Yeah, you're, sure. You're the first artist on this label. Yeah. So I've done all the jobs at Molly Moons over the years, and my job now is supporting shop managers uh, at about half our stores. Wow. And so that means I'm their boss. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's a great job. It's a great company. Yeah. It's a place that that totally shares my values about uh, uh, how healthcare is a right and that we supply uh, health insurance to anybody who works more than 20 hours a week free of charge. That's awesome. Um, Really high standards for just how we conduct ourselves in, in all manner of things, and that by having a bunch of really progressive business ideas that you can be uh, impressively profitable. And that, they that, support music and local music. They sure did. I talked them into it. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. They were really excited when I proposed the idea, and so they helped put out the vinyl. Oh, so you proposed the idea of Moon Crew Records? or Not the name or anything like that, but... Uh, but the idea? Yeah, well, uh, you know, vinyl has been financially out of reach for me on uh, all our records because by the time you get right down to it, uh, it's like, okay, I could spend $4,000 on a lot of things right now. And Uh some of them are kind of essential and some of them are optional and vinyl is optional, but, and quite expensive. And so um, I've always prioritized other stuff over vinyl, though I love the format and uh, wanted to do it really badly. And Molly and I, are close and just have talked about it over the years. And I threw it out there as an idea to have a, a record label that just put out employee vinyl. Mm-hmm. And she bet we did it. Uh, and it's been a really fun project to, uh, to work on together. And it's fun to have like the records in Molly Moon stores and stuff. And so they've been super supportive. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the label will look like. We want to do like one thing a year. Okay. You know, for guitar music, I think lots of people want vinyl, but there might be really talented folks working for us for whom that's just not the thing they need. Right. They might need something else. That's and, not vinyl. So maybe like you can put out tapes or cassettes or something, or, or, or I mean CDs. Is that sort of what yeah, you're Yeah, or like about? maybe they need help with CDs. Maybe they need um, music video made or well, just whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just a way to help support uh, people who work on music, uh, who work for our, for our company. That's super cool, man. Yeah, this uh, segment is brought to you by Menon, uh, Speed Stick by Menon. You put it under your arms, it makes you feel real good at night and during the day, and you just kind of have this fresh start, uh, much like America's doing. All right. Wow. What's Menin? What is Menin? Menin is, uh, remember that old uh, jingle? By Menin. Menin. I do remember that, but Menin, what is it? It's a deodorant and a male product sort of thing. Okay, sure. I, I think. I haven't actually looked up Menin in many years. So what does it mean to be by Menin? Is that like brought by, to you by men? Oh, by Menin. Like that's the brand. So like the product you're buying is yeah. by Menin. Okay, I'm so it's like it is it like by Johnson and Johnson? Yeah. Or at, 
a family company? Is sure. it like that? Okay. I would think so. Let, I just pulled up the Wikipedia. Menon is brand is a brand owned in most parts of the world by Colgate Palmolive Company. Oh, wow. Colgate really is has an expansive product line. <laughs> yeah. It is most notable uh, Menon Speed Stick. Right. Okay. So Speed Stick. Anti- deodorant, antiperspirants. Yeah. Uh, it was also noted for its teen spirit deodorant, which is what influenced Kurt Cobain. This is not on the Wikipedia now. This mm. is from my brain, mm. which influenced Kurt Cobain to mm. name Smells Like Teen Spirit, that song, because at the time his girlfriend said, you smell like teen spirit. Right. He didn't know what she meant, but he thought it sounded cool. That's the origin of many great songs. Right. Five what we're going to do here, Mr. Cataldo, is yeah. we're going to play Name That Tune, Beyonce. So I've got seven songs and you're going to hope- Seven? For- yeah. I didn't know she had seven songs. She's got like 500. No, yeah, she's I got... A okay, well, I hope this is... These are the keepers. See what I did there? Oh, I do. Yeah, nice. Okay, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and just project I'm going to do four correct. Okay, well, we'll see how you do. This is okay. number one. Single ladies. Whoa, Mr. Cataldo. I'm going to see how... Correct. I'm going to see how fast I can do them. Okay, that was great. That was great. We'll start off with that one here, and now this is one that I didn't know... Okay. Until today. Yep. Y'all hate us corny with that Illuminati mess. Oh, um, uh, I can't remember what this is called, but I know it. It's got a great music video. It does. You've heard it before then. Uh, it's got a great part where uh, she's like something about Alabama. Yes. Yeah. I think it's coming up. Um, yeah, let's let's enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know what the song is called. I've heard it a lot. What's it called? Help me out, Sean. This is called um, Formation. Yes. Formation. It's from her album Lemonade. Oh, yes. I can even sing the line to you. Come on, ladies, let's get information. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I feel like a dum-dum. Oh, well, at least you, uh, you know, sort of knew it, but just couldn't. It was on the tip of your tongue. I saw it there. Yeah. It's weird. I see the words coming out of your mouth. I'm <laughs> sure. actually not drunk. I'm on LSD. Oh, sure. Yeah, so, there they go. Yeah. Um, okay, here comes song number three. Uh-huh. I think I've heard this like in a bowling alley, yeah, something sure. similar. Uh huh. But I'm not. I can't. I can't lie. I will not guess what the song is called. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> that was deja vu. Oh, I, 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 it's not even ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad about formation, but I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> Bring the beat in. Love on top. Oh, Mr. Cataldo. That yeah. is correct. Uh-huh. You got that in like two seconds. Uh, well, you know, she has a very distinctive speaking voice. <laughs> okay, so you've gotten two right so far, and yeah. there's three left. So I feel like need... I should get like a point five for formation, but I'm not going to quibble with you. That... And, and only that would that would only come in handy if I got another point five. Right. That would get me up and above. So I'm just establishing that you can sort of get a half point. <laughs> I've decided that. Right. I'm not going to quibble. Mm-hmm. You can have a half point if okay, you like. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, oh, she's like rolling around on the beach. Uh, I love that you can describe the music video. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've spent spent some time on Beyonce's Vivo channel. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, love me something right now. Uh, is that what it is? Lights out right there? No, it's called XO. What you just oh, 
is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have it's, ever heard. Yeah, it's. I wish I did better. I feel like I should. I'm going to get a point two five for that one. Because <laughs> I, re- I. So what? What points? What are you up to right now? I think You're I'm at two point seven five. Two point seven five. Yep. That's the price of a hams at Shorty's. <sighs> Great. Uh, <laughs> In case you wanted to know. Uh, I did want to know that. So hold on. That song. That's from. Uh, I forget what record it's from. I think it, that's off Lemonade, right? No, I think it's the one before. Oh, uh, the oh with the, all the music videos. Is that one just called Beyonce? Is that right? Isn't the cover just like uh, just a black background and the word Beyonce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Now who's quizzing who? Oh, I don't know. You've turned the tables on me, sir. I think uh, I can't remember. Uh, listeners, please call in. Let us know. I think she wrote that song with the person from Chairlift or something. Is Chairlift a, a band? It's a group. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but that might just be not true. Wow. I like your knowledge of somewhat truths about Beyonce. But not what her songs are called. <laughs> no. That's, that's a, an element that I'm missing. All right. We've got two more. I think you'll get this one. Okay. Yes. Crazy in Love. Where's that my... Yeah, there we go. correct. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I have to scroll up and down to get these <laughs> I was like, where's my, where's my little sound bite? Okay. Okay. Uh, what am I up to now? 3.75. Okay. So I just needed to know a quarter of the song. <laughs> Right, to get your, your uh, four points. Here's Hold on, and what do I get if I win? Uh, you know what you get? You get to meet and greet, you get a meet and greet with Beyonce. Is that true? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and then you just, you're like, I can't promise the time or place. No, I can't. Just that it will happen to you. It will happen you. someday. And I'm not going to plan it, but you right. at some point in your life will be able to meet and greet her with, oh uh, without gosh. any effort on this, from me. This is high stakes. Let's do this. Yeah, high stakes. Uh-huh. Stakes that smoke pot. Yeah. Oh, um, I feel like, hold on, pause it real quick. I just need to sing it through in my head. Okay. It's something like, something, something, something in a minute. Yeah. Da, 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 it's da, like da, you're writing da, a song. For the minute. Uh, no. uh, uh, un- unbreakable? Is that right? No, 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 no. Uh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's like we're watching Eric write a song for Cataldo right <laughs> this now. Is, this is actually not unlike what it's like. <laughs> Unreplaceable? You are so close. Just change. You're irreplaceable. Oh, my God, sir. You are. That is correct. Yeah. I, that that was really unbelievable, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cataldo. I, I feel like I could have, if given the chance with the other songs. Yeah. If I did that same thing, I might have been able to do it. I don't know. But, I don't think you could have. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna quibble. <laughs> I'm gonna quibble with you. Well, I'm gonna take my extra point seven five points and just toss them across the table because uh, I'm just gonna splash the chips. And how, uh, how proud are you? Uh, are you of yourself right now? You came in saying that you were gonna get four, but before that, you were saying that you were gonna be not super impressive. But you mm-hmm. really impressed me, sir. Well, I mean, wouldn't. Seven out of seven or six out of seven be truly impressive. Would have been way better. Yeah, but like, okay, here's what I'm here's what I'm excited about. <laughs> I called my shot. You did. I was like, I'm gonna get four correct, and then and then you made up the scoring points. Well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I observed that I deserve some points, and I told you my observation. But um, if I got like point two five, and I was gonna find out how to do point two five, sure, no matter what, it would have existed, yeah. And but there just would have been an asterisk next to my win, right? And now there isn't because I solidly got four titles and all. So yeah, this has been a really good night for me. 
<laughs> We've learned a lot about Eric Eric Cataldo. Now that's your name, Eric yeah. Cataldo. You're a swindler, Doctor Eric Cataldo. Eric Anderson Cataldo is the band. He is Cataldo. New album is called Keepers. CataldoMusic.com. C A T A L D O Music.com. Um, I'd recommend listening to it, buying it, and uh, seeing him at uh, Timber Bumbershoot or anywhere else you might play. Yeah, please do. Um, I really appreciate you stopping by today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic, and you have such a great way about you and a good sense of humor for putting up with (laughs) many, many things I threw at you today. Oh, it was my pleasure. So this is a song called Person You'd Be Proud Of, Cataldo, New Record Keepers. My name is Sean. This is The Mixtape. Thanks again for tuning in. So tragedy is tragic. So the more that these days wear on, the more lucky I become. Yeah.